We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. We are live here on a Thursday night, Imperial Pizza, South Buffalo, another Live from Imperial series. I got a great guest today. I am excited about this one if, if you're watching by the way and if you're watching this live on youtube or twitter uh thank you for watching more people will be listening i'm sure tomorrow in the days to come on the audio side i am joined by joe marino from lockdown bills also author of go bills if you're watching it right here the book's right on our uh table dude let me start here man before i even introduce or say anything else to you there's an aura to you and i'm telling you man as somebody who is had a lot of people come through this show, a lot of these live here at Imperial Pizza. You got an aura to you, man. You didn't even walk in the door yet, and people are coming up to you and asking for a photograph, telling you that they're a fan of yours. What's going on, Joe? How you doing, buddy? Pat, first of all, big fan of yours. <laughs> oh, come Excited on. to be with you here. You know, we talked about doing this uh, a couple of times, right? Yeah. It's like, when am I going to be in town? Yeah. I you know I was in town. You made it happen. So, yeah. first of all, thanks for accommodating me. It's been really, really cool. I love what I do, man. Yeah. This is, I can talk about the bills, dude, every day. I can't imagine a better job in the whole world. And so I attack it with a lot of passion. I attack it with a lot of enthusiasm. And I'm just beyond grateful for anybody that would choose to push play. And it's, uh, I just love it. That's all I can say is I love doing it. I'm going to give you your flowers right off the bat. Then we're going to talk some important stuff. We're going to talk some wings. We're going to talk some Buffalo Bills football, obviously. But I'm going to throw the flowers out right off the bat. Listen, I said on the show, and I'm not saying it because you're here. I've said it last week. I've said it for months. I've been saying it for a while. There are a lot of very entertaining and informative Buffalo Bills content creators out there. For my money, and as I can tell by people coming up to you today and at training camp on Monday when we were there together, I, th I think you're the best Buffalo Bills podcaster out there. I truly do. The consistency, what you bring to the table, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, which you just spoke of, the whole total package. I know what I'm getting when I turn on Lockdown Bills every day, which is my first listen oh, of man. the day, by the way. Pat, 
just trying to be the best Buffalo Bills podcaster yeah. I can be. Yeah. That's what Josh says, right? Yeah. I'm just taking Josh's words. Just trying to be the best quarterback <laughs> for the Buffalo. I do not just compare myself to Josh Allen, by the way, on your podcast. That's, That's what okay. I mean. I'm just trying to follow his lead. I mean, I just love it. That's all I can say is I love it. We were at training camp on Monday together. You, yeah. I, and uh, Joe Miller from Buffalo Rumleys. Fun practice, and we're and we're going to talk about uh, well, like I said, we'll talk about camp. Um, but yeah, I noticed it. I'm like, people coming up to you. Hey, Part of it, again, it's, it's your talent and your likability and all that. But also, I think physically, you not being here actually yeah. kind of makes it – it's kind of like a wrestler. I don't know if you, you still watch wrestling anymore, but, like, there's wrestlers like, say, Brock Lesnar who are attractions at this point. They're not on Raw. They don't wrestle every week on TV anymore, every pay-per-view. They don't come around only so often. But when they do, it just feels different. And I know there's a lot of people out there, maybe some who haven't had a chance to meet you, who a lot of the Buffalo guys and girls out there are really good. They just get to see them all the time. You know what I mean? So that, I'm sure that has something to do with it, too. Yeah, no, I uh, I love visiting. And every time I'm up here, I feel so welcomed. I'm fortunate to have some great family in the area, but so many Bills fans. Bills Mafia has been so kind to me, and it's uh, it's easy to find myself coming back, right? I always want yeah. to be part of what's going on, and I, I, I got a lot of FOMO. You know, I'm I'm back in Charlotte at 716 day. I see what's going on. There's golf tournaments. There's a FINA Fest. I want to be here for all of it, but, you know, it's not always reasonable for that to happen, but – when I get up here, I try to maximize my time, and everyone's always so kind. And I'm sure most people know your connection to Buffalo, but not everybody. So for people out there watching right now or are going to listen to this on the audio site, tell people about your connection personally to Buffalo. I was born here. Yeah. 1986, I was born here. And then my family, when I was 11 years old, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. As 11, I couldn't choose to stay. <laughs> um, and so it's obviously, I would tell you, it's been a great move. I love living in Charlotte. It's... um. It's home, but this is home too. You know, I feel yeah. home here as well. And so the Buffalo part of me never left. I, I love the Bills. I love chicken wings. I, I feel like I, you know, when they say you can take the boy out of Buffalo, but you can't take the You're Buffalo a Buffalonian. You don't have to be a native. You don't have yeah. to live in Buffalo. Or, yeah. you know, you, you could be born somewhere else. Me and Howard Simon were talking yeah. about this. Howard's not from Buffalo. Yeah. He's a Buffalonian. Yeah. A lot of Buffalo people have gone on to live other places. Yeah. They're still Buffalonians. Yeah. My yeah. guy, Scott Morano, every time I see him, he says, Welcome home. Text me. Welcome home. Yeah. Every time I'm here. That is great. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And there's a great crowd here tonight at Imperial Pizza. By the way, this is so – is this your first time here at Imperial? My first time at Imperial. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a nice place. Isn't I it? enjoy it. Yeah, nice it's a vibe, nice, nice bar. Uh, it really is. I mean, nice uh, bar that goes right in the middle all the way around. Good seating. Good atmosphere. It's clean. Yeah. TV's everywhere. It's awesome. I it's like a, it. It's a good place to go for yeah. uh, sports, which, you for know, sure. soon yeah. enough. It's a good football bar yeah. for sure. So we had some. So we had some pizza. We had some wings. We had what, what did we have? We had some hot chivetta, hot some chivetta. hot garlic parm, and some regular hot, which yeah. were really saucy. Which, to be fair, was my fault. Cause I told oh, the I dude, I stress sauce. You, you're saucy a saucy guy, guy. Yeah, yeah. wing guy, flat guy. Got to ask you, or drum um, flat. So I like them both, but yeah. I, I would prefer the flats. I have a winging eating strategy. If you put ten wings in front of me, I eat all the drums first. Really? I save myself the flats. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah, why? <laughs> well, sometimes let's okay, let's be honest. There's not usually 10 wings in front of me. There's usually 12 <laughs> or 15, maybe 20. And so I love the wings, but I get full. I can eat using the umbrella technique. I can eat the flats quick. So I go ahead and just eat the drums because they're a little bit more time consuming. But when I'm I'm hungry, I'm I'm not it's hungry. I'm filling up, and I still want to finish the wings. I know I can umbrella those flats, pound them out, and they're also best for the remaining blue cheese, right? You kind of yeah. get towards the bottom. You can use the umbrella and get that 
that blue cheese. That is interesting. There's never enough blue cheese. I never thought of it. Well, I'm yeah, not, a not a blue cheese guy. Not a blue cheese guy. For you, but it is. But you're also not a ranch guy. I'm so not a ranch okay guy either. There. I don't. I don't have any. Yeah. Just just the uh, the regular sauce. Yeah. You know, I've said this before. You know, I sound like a broken record because I'm always here at Imperial doing these shows. I'll say it again with you, Joe. It, it, this this place, there's no one specific for me anyway. There's no one specific food item that's like, oh my god, this is the signature. You gotta have this specifically. Yeah. It's kind of like a utility knife, you know, yeah. death by a thousand cuts. What I love about this place is the pizza's good. The wings are good. The finger, I wish we would have had some fingers tonight. The chicken fingers are really good. The subs are, everything's good. There's not one like, and we're going to talk about a couple wing places, yeah. by the way, in a second. But can we shout out the hot Chivettas? Yeah. I've never had that. I love them. So that, I've had Chivettas, but never like a hot Chivettas wing. Yeah. Like, to me, that's like something unique that I would want to come back here and get. So I'm all in on the hot chivettas. One of one of the things I like about this place too, and some of the others, which again we're going to talk about in a few seconds here, um, is consistency. You and I, your, your brothers here, and, and we were talking about this before we were eating. And I I feel like the difference between great places and just good places is consistency. Yeah. Like you could come here. I'm not saying this place specifically. This could be wherever, and you have some wings, and you're like, dude, holy shit, these are amazing. Yo, Pat. Come, you got to come to this place. I just had this place. We come back three days later, and the wings don't taste anything like you had mm -hmm. three days ago. Mm -hmm. There's too many places like that where there's not consistency. Like the best places, a couple of which, again, we're going to talk about here in just there a second. There is no quality without consistency. Right. Yeah, you exactly. see that up in my office. Yeah, that's a, that's a phrase. It's one I phrase. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. You've heard me say that on our yes. tables. Yeah, many you know times. That. Yeah. 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 By the that. way, those are fun, too. Yeah. So Joe Marino, Bruce Nolan, and Greg Thompson yeah. and I have done Three years now we've yeah. done these. We have a podcasting roundtable where we don't talk about anything Buffalo Bills related. It's um, it's all about podcasting. So on this trip up here, this is amusing to me. And I love this, by the way, because I did the same thing when I moved away and lived in Florida. You get away from Buffalo. You're, you, you have limited amounts of opportunity to be back home for you. And when you when you are back home, what do you, I'll let you tell the people. Besides recording a podcast from your aunt's house every day and besides being at training camp all week yeah. what have you been up to this week i know but tell the people what eating chicken wings <laughs> we've been hitting usually usually me and my brother david what's up dude my guy love you we've been going to like two wing places a day because pat man i didn't come here from like 2010 to 2019 right that's and a long time yeah so it was like i was coming a lot when I was a little bit younger. You get older, get a little bit more complicated. And then I got into this space and I was like, I got to get back up there more often. And so I kind of missed all of the wing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and you, you hear all these different places and I love chicken wings. Like even in North Carolina, I get those weekly moments where I got to have wings. Yeah. I tell my wife, I, I got to have wings. And she knows there's no other option. We're getting wings that day. And we have, you know, there's a lot of bills, backers, bars and stuff around where I live. We get good wings, not quite like what's here but right it scratches the itch i love chicken wings it's my favorite food and so we've been going twice a day <laughs> it's exhausting a little bit it's fun oh, i look i'm looking forward to every single time though because <laughs> i'm going back to charlotte on saturday and they're gone yeah so we've been hitting up all the wing places we've been scoring them i know grading them yeah and so yeah it's been fun well i'm not gonna ask you to you can save revealing your grades for yeah. your own thing but i will i will say this all right so this is why i said i i liken this to myself when i grew up in buffalo so you um this goes without saying but you were a big chicken wing fan when you were younger too right yeah, like, of, course. yeah of course now see not me oh, i no. didn't eat chicken wings when i was a kid and you know i'm looking back 
as I got older and I'm like, were my parents poor and just only <laughs> they can only buy the pizza every week and not the pizza and the wings? I don't know. But for whatever reason, I didn't have chicken wings. Then I didn't like them. And I would only have plain. Put it this way. When I was in Buffalo until I got old, I was the most boring dude. Like I would have wings at the same couple places and that would be it. Lenovo's, which you're going to be going to, right? Yeah, you that, haven't been well, there Lenovo's yet. Lenovo's is a staple. We saved that for the end because we knew sure. what we were getting. Yeah. We, we both let, I love Lenovo's. You've been there. You love Lenovo's too. But anyway, I'd have the same couple places and that would be it. So I went to Florida and then I realized how bad every the food is down there. To your point though, you know, you said you have in Charlotte a place or two that are good. Yeah. Like kind of Bill's Backer places, yeah. but they're not quite as good as Buffalo. Well, I was lucky in Florida. We had Constant Pizza, a, a, a Florida version, which was maybe seven, eight minutes from my house. But that was the only place I could have wings. Anywhere else, they were freaking terrible. So I started coming back, and I started actually trying to go to other places. And then I kind of got addicted to it. And then I just became this wing junkie. Yeah. And I've been to like 90-some places. Well, now I've been back for a couple of years, too. But, yeah, dude, I grew up. I didn't like chicken wings. All right? They said I don't like it. I, I wouldn't know because I didn't eat them yeah. when I was a kid. That was so weird. But that's why I get such a kick now because I would do the same thing. Every single time I came back to Buffalo on a trip, I would go one a day, sometimes two a days, uh, like you're doing right now. Um, let me, there's a couple of places I'm going to ask you about specifically okay. because, and Joe Marino is going to be honest, right? Oh, we're, we're, we're not getting, I, I'm always, honest. you're not getting paid I, by I'm anybody. I'm, worse, I, I literally can't <laughs> tell lies. Like, I literally uh, can't. Because do it, so. these are the most, and you've been to three, at least that I know of, three of the most well known. Yeah respected popular places so i want to get your honest opinion let's start with uh let's start with elmo's you've been to elmo's right yeah i went to elmo's what did you get at elmo's when i should have asked hot. you that too. i always get hot just hot is that hot what you got blue every time okay yeah what was your, what was your take on them and then i'm gonna add something after elmo's didn't score well for me yeah yeah it didn't score well for me but i've, I've since learned that elmo's is really known for their right. specialty flavors and the double dip yeah i didn't get that i got their hot wings right or you know hot blue cheese and they were just okay. They were, they were just okay. Somebody who, who who takes eating wings serious, you you bring up a good point because there's two types of wings. Yep. There's hot wings, regular wings. Yep. Buffalo. Some people outside of Buffalo they call them buffalo wings. We don't call yep. them that here in Buffalo, right. but you know, just wings. But those are your traditional. They're either your medium or your hot. Yeah. Then there's specialty wings. Right. You know, whatever kind of flavor, honey mustard, Cajun double dip. I should have said that too because you're. I I actually agree with you 100 percent on animals. I have animals there to top, but not because of their hot wings. Their hot wings are mid. I agree with you there. Yeah. They're just they're all right. The Cajun honey double dipped or the double Cajun or hot Cajun double yeah. dip. Those are sensational. Yeah. But if you're grading like you are and you're evaluating places, yeah. you gotta always have hot because you got. Every place has hot wings, you know. Right. So that's the one thing that you could have, right. you know, on and equal it's my footing. My favorite kind too. Like I, yeah. I enjoy the specialties. I want the hot wings. So you're, you're, you're. I mean, you, you like the specialty stuff, but yeah. your preference is no gimmicks. You, you right. want the hot shit. Yep. I want a traditional <laughs> buffalo hot chicken wing. One of uh, the most popular places, certainly the most talked about, is Wing Nuts. Yeah. So I, and again, and by the way. I, by design, like we just had dinner together, you, yeah. your brother as well. I, by design, didn't ask you any of your thoughts yeah. on these wings. I want to yeah. save it for the show now. Yeah. What, were you, what were your thoughts on wing nuts? I liked wing nuts. Yeah? Yeah, it's a unique chicken wing. There's yeah. no question. Size, crunch, sauciness. Very big. Well, how they brand themselves, they hit those thresholds. Yeah. Um, there's a really different type of crunch to them, right? It, it's there's something unique about it, and I can appreciate that. I love the sauciness. Their blue cheese was pretty good. Um, it, it was one of the better places that I went to. It's not the best, 
but it's one of the better ones that I went to this week. That's how I feel about wing nuts as well. And I got some heat a little bit because I call them overrated. I only call them overrated because so many people say they're the best. And I don't yeah. think they're the best or the top two or three. I do think they're very good. Yeah. To your point, their wings are big. I love their sauce. It's really good. It's the only place where you can go. And I know you didn't mess around with these, but if you can get mild at wing nuts anywhere else, if, I, if you got mild here or anywhere else, you probably laugh them out of the building because yeah. you're a hot guy yeah. but they're mild actually has really good flavor to them i don't like the texture of the crutch though that's, i can, understand, I can understand that being for everybody i yeah. really can especially with the size of that wing right it's a, it's a different experience so um i appreciate the un uniqueness the overall flavor is really good and those wings are huge yeah so did you go so you went to froth brewery to have them no i went to i, I don't know i don't know where i went was it a bar uh, was there beer there no there was nowhere to sit and eat all right, so you went to the pickup place. You yeah. went to the old one of the OG places. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, yeah, there was there was picnic tables. Right, and you're there outside. to you're there to have the wings. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this: it's kind of like here in Imperial Pizza. There's a good vibe. Like if you go to the one in Froth Brewery, that's where uh, shout out Matt Perino yeah. and Ryan Talbot do the Shout Buffalo podcast yeah. once a month. Um, they do their show live there. It's a brewery too, so it's kind of like a brewery slash wing nuts. Really cool vibe. And again, I do like the place a lot. It just the texture of the wings. I'm not a big fan of personally. All right, then the other one which is not far from here, by the way, in South Buffalo, 9-11 Tavern. So much to hate about it except till you get to the food, but I want to hear this No, from no, that's you. a great way to put it. There is so much to hate about it yeah. until you get the food. Pat, I walked in. They said 90 minutes to food. I'm like – On a Tuesday, by the I'm way. Like, There's six empty tables. What are you talking about? Yeah. 90 minutes till food. Yeah. And then, you, and then it's like cash only. <laughs> You're like, do you want me to eat here? <laughs> do you want me to eat here? Yeah. And, man, am I glad I did. That's the best traditional – Buffalo Chicken Wing, 9-11 Tavern. Unbelievable. The presentation of the wings is is something else with how they – just like the whole plate with the celery kind of mixed in with the celery in the blue cheese. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. So, like, there's this visual element that you're captivated by, by it. Super saucy, great texture, but the flavor's off the charts. The blue cheese is off the charts. Every the single thing about that place I hate until – the oh. food comes up. And by the way, you went on a Tuesday. Try going on a Saturday. You 90 minutes would know. be nothing. It, it, you knew I was going to go. You <laughs> yeah. give me Tuesday's usually the one night where you can go there and yeah. get a reasonable waiting time. But yeah, I don't know how it was for you, but the, sorry, but the service usually no, sucks there. It, sucks. it is cash only there. It the seems like they don't even want to serve you. It's like you're, you know, they're doing you the favor by you coming yeah. in there and eating. Yeah. And you want to see, you want to rip them up. You're like, this place sucks. Right. And then the wings come out. And you're like, damn, right? It's all right, man. Right. <laughs> all that yeah, stuff's those all right. Are exceptional. Yeah, I I'll tell you too. And again, that's like five. That's what I love about here in South Buffalo. So you have Imperial Pizza, whether you want whatever you want, they got it all here. You got wings over at uh at nine eleven, and then you got Doc Sullivan's, which is like the South Buffalo dive. You know, the place where everybody right. goes to drink and get their wings. It's like this little five minute area here of South Buffalo. It's really cool. So. Where else have you been before we? And we're going to talk some bills, by the way, for yeah. people out there watching. <laughs> we did Duff's. Did you? We did Duff's. Uh, good. You know what's funny about Duff's is they're very particular with their advertising that medium is hot, medium hot is very hot, and hot is very, very hot. I hate that. Their hot was like kind of exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Like it wasn't, I, I was like a little bit. Oh, so you did get hot knowing yeah, it? Like, am I going to be overwhelmed by this? I think I warned you about or maybe it wasn't Duff's. I was totally fine with it. There was yeah. a perfect amount of heat. Oh, they're good. The wings are a little small. Blue cheese was good. I really liked their blue cheese. Um, I, it was good. It was above average. It was right there and kind of with wing nuts for me. They they fall. They haven't fallen off. They're uh, 
their popularity waned a little bit because of the emergence of Barbell. Have you been to Barbell? I've been, yeah. All right, we'll get to them in a second. But yeah, because of wing nuts and because of Barbell, because yeah. of Elmo's, because of 9 11, people kind of forget about Duffs. You know, yeah. it's almost like going under the radar a little bit. I agree with you. We are agreeing on a lot of shit here, man. They're, they're solid wings. I don't think they're yeah. anything special, yeah. but I could tell the difference between you and I. You could take more heat than me yeah, because if you could do the hot and they didn't yeah, bother you too much, a yeah, a little bit. Not me, man. I don't. I, I'm not trying to grind through my wings like you do, man. But um, all right. So, and where else? You said Barbell. We haven't made it to Barbell. I've been to Barbell oh. so many times. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was looking to really kind of get the new experiences. You know, me and my brother, like really unique opportunity to be here with my brother David, who lives overseas, happened to be in for like a, a couple months. Yeah. And it just worked out that we could both leave our families and just come together for like a brother's trip for the week. I mean, it's been unbelievable. Where does so, David live? Dubai. Really? I didn't know that. I've talked yeah. to him a couple times. Oh, that yeah. is really cool. Yeah, so I thought he lived around here. Wow, that's no, cool. No, so we both been to Barbell so many times. It was like, we'd love to go, but we really want to try stuff. Sure. Yeah. You already know what you're going to get there. Yeah. You it, haven't it, had so many other places. Great. I love Barbell. But it's so, again, what I talked about a handful yeah. of minutes ago, consistency. Barbell is the same every time. It's always good. And I'll, I'll give you a hot take on Barbell. Barbell is the best combination of wings and beef on weck. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's really unique about for it. For sure. I'm also not going to Barbell for a traditional hot wing. I'm going for the specialty there. And their blue cheese is great. But, yeah, if you want to get, you know, six wings and, 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 a, and a beef on Weck, you can't beat it. One of the questions I was going to say for the end of the show I want to ask you is, in the rare time where you're not working and you're not producing content, and, of course, you spend as yeah. much time with your family as you can, like, what are some of the things that you like to do? I think you've kind of answered this in the last... 10 15 minutes to get the buffalo right. and and have as, as many wings as uh they can so you're going to be you're working on this exercise what what you're eventually going to release are you going to do it on your show are you going to put some out in writing what are you going to do you're kind of reviewing it or you're ranking yeah, so the we, places that you've been to you know me very systematic we've Absolutely. got a scoring system yeah there was five different pieces of criteria we've We've got we've without got giving away yeah. what you were what you're scoring for yeah. what place without giving that away. Talk about the criteria when you're scoring and evaluating these wings. So we've got five pieces of criteria, David. What are they? Size, sauciness, crisp, flavor, blue cheese, blue cheese. Five pieces of criteria, That's and it's on a one <laughs> to five scale, and it's averaged together to get your you know what percentage of the total points do you get. I've been, I'm debating for an X factor, right? This is, and maybe we can we can work through this. I feel like there has to be an X factor rating because sometimes there's just things about it outside of those five things that matter. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's either the way that they give you celery and carrots, like I don't like, don't get out of here with your bag of baby carrots. Like, get all the way out of here. If you're gonna put a bag of baby carrots with those wings, like that's gonna be a problem for me. Right. Um, it's the presentation, the way they look. Uh, there's 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 other ancillary components that I'm, I'm I don't know if I have the right way to to account for them, but I feel like I should in some way. I like I said I I know what you're doing. I don't yeah. know what your scores are. I am looking forward to They're coming out soon to when you put them out. I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we are here live at Imperial Pizza with Joe Marino from Lockdown Bills. Let's talk Buffalo Bills at camp a little bit. Obviously, that's one of the main reasons, anyway, you're uh, up here in Buffalo. I said that I got a chance to sit with you at, during Monday's camp session. Um, when you're up there and you're watching it, what specifically, like, as, as somebody who creates content and somebody who's just a football guy like yourself, like, what are you locked into the most? Like, what are you specifically looking to see? Well, first of all, I'm always trying to be mindful of what people are going to be interested in hearing about, right? right. Dalton Kincaid, Josh Allen, sure. Gabe Davis, what the defense looks like. So I'm trying to be mindful of that. But there's 90 players out there, and I, my eyes cannot be in 90 spots. Yeah. And so I've been fortunate to be able to attend a lot of practices, whether they're training camp or like senior bowl practices, East-West Shrine practices. So I've been in these situations where there's a lot going on, and you have to find what's the most meaningful thing for me to be looking at. And what I typically look for is what's the most competitive thing happening on the football field, right? What's the most meaningful rep that's going to be the most revealing about a certain player, what I can glean the most. And so that's what I'm focusing in on. And so you can, when you kind of are up in the stands a little bit, you can have that bird's eye view and you can take the time to consider, okay, what is that number one thing that I should be looking at? And that's where my eyes go. What's all right. This might be a dumb question, but educate me. And I'm sure others as well go to practices or watch these kind of things. How do you evaluate offensive linemen at, at, at It's so hard. I mean, if they're doing one-on-one -on -one drills, you know, things like that can be different. But it's like people ask all the time, like, how does yeah. Deion Dawkins look? Or how does Ryan Bates, how are they looking? It's like I, I have a hard time answering that because. Yeah. Uh, okay. I love the question. You ready, yeah. you ready to talk about this? Yeah, hell yeah. So I'm looking for a lot of things. Uh, first of all, body control. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at uh, stature. I'm looking at their ability to bend, how quick their feet are, how they can stay square to blocks, what their timing is like, um, how firm they are when they're challenged with power. Mm -hmm. It's all of those types of things. And the more you see it, and then the good thing is you get to see it compared to all of their peers at the same time. Throughout watching enough reps, you can see, okay, this guy has these critical factors. He's, this guy's missing this. This is a big-time strength of this player. And when I think that's such a cool opportunity to see like 13 offensive linemen do the same thing mm -hmm. and just kind of get a feel for how natural things look for one guy compared to another. I want to talk about a, a couple of specific players or, or positions. One of them is Kyrie Elam. All right. So now you again, you've been to practice. I, I've been at three three camp sessions. You've been there all week, including the last two. And from what I've heard from you on your show and read from other Bills reporters um, on Twitter and stuff, Kyrie Elam has looked pretty good it seems like he's starting to gain some momentum and quite honestly joe after sunday i think maybe to an extent monday i almost kind of wrote him off i'm like dane jackson's your starter period end of story but now based on what i'm hearing what i'm seeing maybe that's not the case he's looked really good at camp so talk about how he's looked the last couple sessions and also on the downside with him it seems like his his weakness is just inconsistency like he makes some maddening mistakes he's like I can't really explain it, He's, but he's an inconsistent player right now. But when he looks good, he looks good. Talk about him. 
I think my favorite thing uh, uh, watching Kair this week is just how competitive he is. Um, he wants to go up against Diggs. He wants to go we up saw that Monday, Diggs, right? Yeah, he pulled Alex Austin off the yeah, he's like, no, get out. Yeah, that was cool. And Dick, and he won that previous rep against Diggs. He's like, no, I want him again. Yeah. And Diggs was like, you helped me. He's like, I don't know. I don't think right. you helped me. Um, so I love the confidence. And then you kind of have seen that continue throughout the next couple of days in practice. And that's, I think that's a good thing. You see a really athletic guy, right? He's very twitchy. He's got great speed. He's not going to be out. You're not going to out-athlete him, right? And that's that's important. I mean, we're talking cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. That's a stopwatch position. you got to be able to run. It's a big deal. So I, I love that he just kind of has the physical talent and competitiveness, and those are great qualities for a football player. And then you see him in one-on-one -on -one drills, and one-on-one -on -one drills are always going to be man coverage. And you're yeah. like, okay, he's sticky. He's in phase. He's good. And then you get to team. It's 11 on 11, and it's like, okay, it's not just man coverage. And now he has to layer coverage and space the field, and his eyes are in the backfield while he's playing from a side turn. And it's just a different world for him, and I think that's where the inconsistency creeps in. And Pat, that's why I think there's a chance this could really be a platoon situation, and it could be game plan specific. If there's certain games where you want to run a lot of press man coverage, you're going to play Kyrie a lot more. If you're going to be playing off in zone, it might be a, a Dane Jackson game or a Christian Benford game. The reality is, in three of the last five seasons, McDermott has platooned that position, whether it was Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson, yeah. whether it was Levi Wallace and Josh Norman, or whether it was last year, which we all saw the rotation. Right. Why shouldn't we think it's going to be rotation this year? I know that we would all prefer the first round pick to play over the sixth round pick and the seventh round pick, but I think we're I think a rotation could be in the cards. Every team has a whipping boy or two, you know, from yeah. the fans that they just love to get after and blame everything on them. Kind of feel like to some extent Dane Jackson's that guy. Yes. Like he he fans don't want him starting yeah. and I get it to an extent, yeah. but at the same token, I'm like, he's not that bad of a player. He I had a tough stretch. It was like Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota, like that stretch of games in the middle season. Like he got picked on. And the thing about Dane in those games, he was close in coverage. Mm -hmm. He just didn't win the ball in the air. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's just, that's just part of it sometimes. Like, are you close? Are you making catches hard? It's hard to play corner in the NFL. Like, just think about it. You got a receiver who's really freaking good that knows where he's going, and you don't. And you have to match that guy. You have to be in phase. You have to stay connected. And the objective a lot of times is can you just make it tough on him? Yeah. And I think Dane just had that series of bad luck where he just wasn't winning the ball, and he was going up against some really good receivers. And he's not as bad as fans want to make him out to be. I'm not going to – I'm not going to write off Benford by any means right. because every, again, a week ago, I would have been betting money that yeah. Dane Jackson is solidly starting. And I agree with you. You could see a platoon situation from what you've seen at ben, from Benford over. And this, by the way, corner and middle linebacker, these are probably two positions that most fans are focused on right now because there are competition going on right now. What are you seeing from Benford? I feel like this week, his opportunities with the first team have really not been there. Right. I feel like it's been Jackson and Elon. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, just a lot less of Benford and him run, running with twos. I, I feel like the hype for Benford is coaching staff driven, which is really strange, right? Where they just really kind of hype him up. He's so smart. Mm -hmm. He's quiet, but he always knows what he's supposed to do. Like a coach on the field, like the way that they talk about him as I think inspired us in some ways to really believe in him. And I think he's, he's been pretty good when he's been on the field and certainly already outperforming his draft status as a six round pick. Sure. Um, but I, wor I worry about Christian Benford, just kind of the, the narrative that's been there. Like maybe he's going to be a safety, versatility, 
you know, maybe not the most athletically gifted, but he's really smart. You know, like a guy that you want to have on the field, but maybe you don't have the exact right spot, but he's good enough that he kind of stays in the conversation. But that's kind of how I view him. And maybe there's a long-term forecast here where he winds up being a starter. But right now, I feel like it's it's Elam and Jackson ahead of him. Before we talk about a linebacker, I had a take on Twitter today. And by today, I mean on Thursday Based on the three practices that I saw with my own eyes, I said a lot of players have looked good at times. Like there's been, we've seen some Elam, we've seen a lot of great moments, Gabe Davis, a lot of great moments from some of these players, Kincaid, Dawson Knox, et cetera. I said the two players for me that have consistently looked great, like almost every rep, every day that I saw them, and now you've been there the last three practices, is um Stefan Diggs and Trey White. I, I think Trey White to me, I'm I'm really encouraged by him. Especially, you know, if you're thinking about last year and him coming back and not being his all the all pro version of himself. At least based on what I've seen with my eyes, and maybe your opinion might differ. I, I really like what I've seen from him the last three days. So comment on him and also if there's one or two players that you've seen that have consistently looked really good over these past couple of days. Yeah, I really like what I've seen from Trey White. And I could tell there's a lot of confidence yeah. from the staff with Trey White because honestly, he's not practicing that much. Right. You know, the, Poyer, Hyde, and Trey White. They kind of got their own thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of know what you can do. We noticed that a Monday. reps. Get out of here. Let's play. Let's give these young corners a chance. Let's get Taylor Rapp and Damar Hamlin in there a right. little bit. Uh, so, but when he's out there, you could see it really does feel like I'm watching 27 pre-ACL tear. It's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that's he's such a fun player, right? Yeah. It's nice to kind of feel like you're going to get that back. So I would agree with that. Those are really good names to bring up. If I were to bring up two names that were like, I feel like they've done what you're saying, just consistency, winning reps over and over again. I'd say Ed Oliver, and I'd, yeah. say, I'd say Gabe Davis. Yeah, Gabe's been really good, and like I've been pretty critical of Gabe, yeah. and he's come out here this week, and the chemistry that he has with Josh Allen feels really good. He's running routes so much better than he did last year. Obviously, the ankle was a big story last season, and he's healthy, and he's moving well, and, and he's finishing i haven't seen a drop from gabe davis he's winning tough catches josh is willing to kind of test some tighter windows when he knows 13's out there i've been really impressed i think those are probably the two players for me that i've been the most impressed with that oliver and gabe he's davis. moving to change at practice a lot like they're not right. just 30 yards or nothing right, plays, regular, yeah plays to gabe davis yeah. I, I i've liked that a lot as well and good point on that oliver we talked about uh, that monday he was disrupting he was disrupting was everything more on tuesday was he really? Oh, he was better on Tuesday, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because you talked about some of these guys, like, kind of getting a lot of time off. I remember Monday, I was kind of – I wanted to be locked in on on uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, but they didn't play much. And then Jordan got a veteran day on Tuesday, yeah. so he, he literally yeah. didn't even practice uh, at all. All right, middle linebacker. I mean, that's the position that a lot of people are most locked on because it's probably the biggest mystery here um, at this point. It was a three-man competition. Now it certainly appears to be a two-man competition with Spectre – being on the outside looking in when it comes to starter anyway. Have you seen anything from Dodson or Bernard? And let me add something, Joe. You would know this way better than me. I'm asking you a question, I suppose, here. I don't know the average size of a starting middle linebacker in the NFL. I'm sure you would know much more than I do. But is Terrell Bernard, like, really small compared to your average size starting middle linebacker? Because I saw him. He had, like, his shirt halfway up his jersey. I'm like this dude's kind of small. He should be playing safety. This Looks a lot like Taylor Rapp, don't he? Yes. Taylor Rapp yes. up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy's got some physique that I wish. He does, he does. Um, yeah, Bernard's a little lean, right? He is. Um, shout out Scott Table. <laughs> what, what happened? 
I'm trying to record a show over here. Live TV. Um, Go ahead. Terrell Bernard, yeah, he's lean. He, yeah. He's definitely lean, but he's athletic, right? Where he, That's where you kind of hope he makes up for some of his lack of size and that ability to be firm playing downhill as well. He's quick. Um, and, and one of my favorite things about Terrell Bernard from watching him at Baylor was that I thought he was a really good blitzer and really timed it up well, and he's quick and he's mm-hmm. explosive, and he can kind of like twist and contort himself around blocks and, and make plays. Like I think that's where he can really help you. And that athleticism you would hope would translate to a lot of coverage reps and being able to – you know, run with receivers a little bit and get depth. And so that's what your hope is there. Where Tyrell Dotson's really the opposite in so many ways, where he's a little bit bigger. He's not a huge linebacker right. by any means, but he's bigger. He's a little more stout, a better downhill player, but he doesn't have the athleticism. And I don't think his coverage ability or his range is going to be quite as good. So what's really compelling to me about this battle between these two players is that they're really different. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like on one hand, they could lean into the guy that's been around since 2019 and Tyrell Dotson, who – has time on task, who they've stuck with through some adversity that he's had, and I think that says something. Sure, yeah. Um, but also you have the third-round pick that you – you know, you've had two recent third-round picks on linebackers, and, like, you'd hate to not have a starter out of one of the two. Yeah. But we'll see. I know that they want more matchup-type players. That leans more into Bernard. I think it's really open still. I don't think they know. You feel like with Dotson versus Bernard, like Dotson's your higher floor player yeah. and Bernard's your higher ceiling player, like potentially he could be – the better linebacker, but you maybe you trust Dotson a little bit more yes, of the two. Yes, but I think the difference of the floor is where you get nervous. Right. Right, and there's some things that concern me about Terrell Bernard. I don't know that he's a quick processor. I don't think that his pursuit leverage is very consistent. Like, a, there's some guys just have a natural feel for angles. I don't know that Bernard has that. I've never really felt good about that, and I thought if you watch the jet start that he had last year, you know, really kind of was a good showcase of what I'm talking about, which just doesn't leverage his angles well. So, We'll see. Um, I wasn't high on him coming out of Baylor, right? So it's, it's kind of a tough situation for me where it's a player that I don't really believe in that potentially could be the Mike linebacker for this Bills defense. Help me and a lot of other people better understand the Bills taking a linebacker in the third round who's not getting any reps in middle linebacker here at camp. It's been said, and now it's been seen on the field. Yeah. Talk about Dorian Williams, of course. He's taking all outside linebacker reps. Yep. Playing behind Matt Milano. Tell me how... What's his path to being a good Buffalo Bill and even forget this year, two years from now, three years from now? I don't I don't understand it, and a lot of people don't. Maybe we'll all be wrong, and I, I'd love to be wrong, but how? How am I how are we gonna be wrong if we're worried about this pick? Being anything more than a special team player. Certainly not what you're looking for in the third round, especially in consecutive years, right? I mean, right. it's 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 confusing to me. Um yeah, being Milano's backup in special teams, that's not a path, right? That's that's tough. Milano's just signed the extension. Um, and so what's really unique about the players that they've drafted recently, whether it's Ben Dorian Williams or Terrell Bernard or even Balen Spector, is all three of those guys I thought were more outside linebackers. Right. But then you heard Bobby Babich and, and even Brandon Bean say that, hey, we really would like to have two matchup linebackers. We love Tremaine, but kind of had a gangly frame. It was hard for him to really – carry receivers and turn and he kind of led to some leverage issues and so they want this style of linebacker the problem is how natural of a projection it is to playing the position and and i'm not sure that any of them are clean projections and so it all suggests to me that there's going to be a fundamental shift in what they ask that player to do you know and and what this defense is going to look like moving forward were you a little bit surprised 
that he, they're not working him in at middle linebacker at this point? Or do you think maybe they just want to start him at outside? And do you have reasonable faith that they might eventually work on him becoming a middle linebacker? Perhaps. I mean, look, Terrell Bernard wins the job and he's the guy and he winds up being awesome. Then, okay, you got your linebackers. Sure. That's what it is. I think it's just a, it's a more simple position. Like an outside linebacker, the weak side linebacker, it's more of a pursuit style player, see ball, get ball, sure. cover that guy, right? Whereas an inside linebacker, you know, you're reading the guards and you're, you know, you're taking steps based on certain keys. There's more processing. There's just more. You're taking on more contact. So it's a harder job. And so maybe for them with Dorian, they say, hey, our best path for you is to put you in this more simplified role right now. Get this figured out. And then we can consider when to add more to your play. Yeah, and nobody likes to think of injuries, but you know, if this guy as he develops, if Matt Milano does go down, it'd be good to have a good athlete yeah. playing that position as well. All right, you're an offensive line guy. Two things I want to talk about with the offensive line. One, the right guard competition, which honestly going into camp, I thought that was just gonna be a bunch of talk, and I thought it would definitely be Bates early on. And then Torrance, because the Bills just don't have a history of rushing rookies in there. But I mean, you've seen it with your own eyes this week at camp. Torrance get a lot of run with the ones. I mean, this is a legitimate competition, isn't it? Really real. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know if this would be true. I thought I thought the Bills would do the thing where it's like, we want the guy we're familiar with. Bates is kind right. of in there. We'll roll with him. No, like Torrance is getting every bit the amount of first-team reps as Bates is getting, and maybe more. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got a real shot, which would be really different compared to some of the more recent trends with how the Bills have handled some of the younger players. I would not be surprised if he won the job, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they platoon, right? We saw him do it with Cody Ford, with Ty Inseki. and Yeah. McDermott's a believer in the rookie wall. He talked about it so much with Greg Rousseau, right? That was a big thing, and I think that he's mindful of that, and so I think that there's going to be a plan for him, and it's a matter of when, not if, he's going to be the starting right guard. And I think it could be more gradual, but I think he's showing me a lot more this week that gives me. I was going to say, how's he? How's he looking? He's holding this week. his own. Yeah, there's never been a moment where I'm like, yeah, he's overmatched. Uh, there was some. He had, he had a, a good seal block on the second level of Matt Milano today in drills. I mean, he's he's had a good week. I've never thought that he was overmatched. Not necessarily a hot take, but my biggest here's my biggest criticism of the Bills going back months. This just went so under the radar too, Joe. All right, so you had your Stefan Diggs, the drama over the course of a couple months with OTAs and all that other crap, you know, talk about a lot of these rookies and Story Williams going to be a middle linebacker, all this stuff. Nothing has been, it's kind of flown under the radar that the one biggest miss in my opinion, and I think others too, is that the Bills didn't really address behind Spencer Brown other than Brandon Shell, which I don't think he inspires really anybody at this point. Spent you you tweeted out today. You noticed that he uh didn't look good. Um, well, yeah, no, he physically. I'm yeah, not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, on the his field. Practice was pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, talking yeah. about physically after the practice. Yeah. Um, do, don't you feel like that's a level of concern? Like right now, if something happens to him, what are they going to do at right tackle? You could add all these weapons, and the Bills have, and we can talk about Cook and Shakir and all these other people. But if you ain't got if your right tackle is garbage, your offense is in a lot of trouble, man. Yeah, I think I think it's a fair criticism that you know Spencer Brown through two seasons hasn't really shown you enough that should make you feel like he's the unquestioned starting right tackle this year. And they really didn't do much, right? They brought back Questenbury and they signed Brandon Shell to a very modest contract to come in. And you know, he's a veteran; he's been a starter for a number of years. But is that really the needle mover in terms of competition? I think it's a fair criticism. Um, 
it's a little bit like the tight end conversation with Dawson Knox, where there was a lot of inconsistency after two seasons, and then everybody was like, trade for Zach Ertz or sign sure. John Smith or sign Hunter Henry or trade everything that you have to move up for Kyle Pitts. These are conversations that we had about yeah. Dawson Knox and tight end position, and they said, no, we're going to bet on the guy who has a lot of athleticism, all the size, works hard, and we think that he could be the answer, and it, they were right. I think it's the same approach with Spencer Brown. Now, I think he's, from watching practice, I think Spencer Brown's been fine. Um, but, you know, he certainly had some discomfort in his back today after practice, and I tweeted that out, and everybody, I mean, it was like, it was like he played a game and wasn't good. Like he had probably had some back spasms. He needed a massage and some heat on it. And he's right. gonna be okay. Like right. But I, I but it's worrisome. Yeah, it's worrisome. Given the history, he's six eight with a history of back injuries. That's a concern. So I, I get it. I get it. it in, in if he winds up flopping this year, whether it's performance or just not being available, well, you've had indicators that performance has been bad, and you have an injury history to be concerned about. And it'd be a, fa- a very fair criticism, in my opinion, to Brandon Bean. If it doesn't work out now, if it does work out, well, then give him his flowers. Sure. What are the more polarizing players at practice? And you were kind of in the middle of us on Monday at camp with Joe Miller and myself. Joe Miller is uh, not a Khalil Shakir guy. <laughs> Quite apparently. Yeah, I am. A, I don't Khalil know. Shakir's up there catching strays. They're stretching. Joe. I know, man. They're stretching I, Joe, Miller. Joe Miller. Joe's not a Khalil guy, man. I kind of am a Khalil guy. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> Well, it kind of leads into my question. Yeah. What do you what are you seeing from him? I I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing things differently than some people. Because again, besides listening to your show every day, I you know, I read Joe Joe B and Matt and these guys, and I'd like to pick, you know see what they're saying, their observations, and I kind of feel like I'm getting a little bit of a mixed bag right now. Dad Brown talked about him having a couple drops over yeah. the last couple of days True. too. So yeah. I mean, it's I don't know what do we make of him right now, and, and do you see him? As a starter, as a slot, which was my point that me and Joe started arguing with the beginning because I sort of see him in that role right now. Which Joe didn't even see him on the roster. You're wrong, Joe, but go ahead. I think Khalil Shakir has been a lot like the highs and lows that you would have experienced if you watched him back at Boise State, where there's so many moments where you're like, man, there's so much to like here. He's got good athleticism. He's versatile in terms of being an inside and outside guy. He's got run after catch. He makes some really good plays down the field. Like there's so much to like, but then there is inconsistency. There are drops. There are times where you feel like he can be better leverage at the catch point, and it, and it becomes frustrating. Um, and so you're looking for some more consistency out of Khalil Shakir. I think that's a fair criticism. And I don't know that I don't know that I could tell you honestly that the Bills are going to have a starting slot receiver. I think you're going to see a lot of Kincaid, a lot of Kincaid, and then you're going to see some Sherfield. You're going to see some Hardy. You're going to see some Shakir. And it could be more game game plan specific based on the trait that they feel like they need. And those are all very different player. The trait that they think that they need to expose the biggest issues with the opponent. Offense, defense. You're talking about a lot of matchups and week by week. Instead of these are our 11 guys on offense. These are 11 guys on defense. You see a lot of matching up who the opponent is and and what's going on that week. You know, it's so easy with Dalton and K2 to just say what everyone else is saying. But I really don't have anything different to add. He looks effortless. When he's running these routes, and he's and at least what I was watching him, I didn't see any balls hit the ground. I mean, he he finds himself open. He's a pretty big dude. I don't know how his blocking is going to be. I'm sure that's going to be an issue for a while. But he looks like he looks like he'll be in a nice addition to this offense pretty soon too. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I think probably the the most exciting thing that I can bring up about Dalton Kincaid that inspires confidence in me that he's going to be a really good player for the Bills is that he's only had like 
seven NFL practices yeah. ever. And he's never for a second did I feel like he was drinking from a fire hose, right? You kind of hear that from these rookies. It's like, oh, man, this is moving fast. It's not for Dalton Kincaid. He, it's, he's smooth and natural in everything that he does. And it's just about when he gets his chances, make the plays, and those opportunities will continue to happen. But you know, if you watch these practices, it's about James Cook, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, and Stefan Diggs. We can talk about Hardy and Shaquille sure. <laughs> and Shurfield and Shorter and all these guys. The core playmakers for this offense are pretty clear. You know, I love these terms that you come up with describing players. On Monday, you came up with one. I was trying, I couldn't think of the right words with, with uh, Gerard Johnson. I love him. He's a stud. He's a great player. But he was getting beat on some passes, and it seemed like he was like a step, and you said he was chasing rabbits. And it kind of felt like he was doing that all Monday. One more Bills question for you, man, and, and as we start to wind down here live from Imperial. Without calling anybody out, I'm look, man, these are professional NFL football players. None of them stink. They're all great players. And, you know, give me one or two players, though, from what you've seen that you, you've left kind of wanting to see more of them. I don't you can frame it that way. Maybe you're not quite as impressed with them as you want to be. Doesn't mean that they're not good ball players or that they yeah. won't be great, but just, you know, a player two from what you've seen this week, you're like, you know, there's at I, least I, one guy out there that doesn't deserve a Jersey. I want, I'll keep that name to myself. <laughs> um, the guys that have kind of, kind of underwhelmed me a little bit that I was hoping to get a little bit more from. Uh, one of them would be Connor McGovern. And, mm -hmm. and that's not everyone's not going to like to hear that, right? The big ticket left guard, right? And everyone appreciates your honesty. Yeah, man. I just you, you can't sit here and hype up Ed Oliver like we have and not realize that he's beaten sixty six, right? A lot. Um, so that that's I mean, I, you really hope that he can come in and stabilize the left guard. Pat, I don't know if you know this, but the Bills have not had the same primary starting left guard or right guard since Richie Incognito and Joe Miller, or John Miller. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, 2015 and 2016. Really? It's been a long time. Wow. No, There's I didn't know so that. There's so much turnover at guard. It's I'm, I'm really kind of sick of it. Wow. <laughs> and there's been some miscalculations along the way, right? Sure, yeah. Whether yeah. it's been trading away Wyatt Teller, whether it's the Brian Winters thing, Quentin Spain paying him and then wow. moving on like four games after he signs a new contract. There's been black eye after black eye. Cody Ford. There's been problems with guard. Roger Saffold. Like, that's way too many issues. Like, Brandon Bean has done a really good job with his football team. Guard has not been something he's done well. And so I I thought Connor McGovern was a reasonable starter that could pass block and in a spread power gap or a spread zone run scheme that the Bills kind of want to run. Like, he'd be a good fit doing that. He can't block Ed Oliver right now, and that's been a real right. problem for him. Uh, so that's that would be one guy that I think has kind of left me – Wanting more. Um, you want another one, huh? Yeah. Pushing it, too. Well, I just – I don't want to put people in the wrong minds, uh, you know, perspective. Well, as long as there's context to what yeah, you're I saying. Th I think I think I can look at, like – I would say maybe – some of these receivers. Like, I would say maybe Deontay Hardy, maybe Khalil Shakir, maybe Trent Shurfield. Like, I can see the specialization for their skills. Mm -hmm. I, I can appreciate that. All right, Trent Shurfield is going to bring this team a, a physical blocker, a competitive dude that's going to do everything right. Like, I can appreciate that. But have I loved how he's acclimated so far and observing him in terms of, like, thinking that he's always winning routes and, like, getting opportunities sure. and finishing? Like, I'm like, no, I don't really see that. For Deontay Hardy, I love the speed. I love the return ability. I love that he can bring this – horizontal dynamic to the offense it's going to matter but like have i seen him running away from coverage with consistency and making plays i haven't and we talked about some of the inconsistencies with Khalil shakir so 
for this trio of guys that are kind of like the depth of this receiver core, I don't know that I've been overly in love with any one of the three. That's fair. I, I got two. And let me preface this. The first one I'm talking about, not really worried about him. I don't, Deion Dawkins, I, I don't know what it is, but I've, I've seen him get beat a lot. Three days I was there anyway. And again, I'm no O-line guru, so there's lots of things that maybe I should be looking for that I'm not or whatever. But I, I've seen him get beat by some of these ends a lot. I remember Shane Ray a couple of reps. I think it might have been on Sunday. I mean, he was borderline dominating Deion Dawkins. There's some uh, there's some drills. Now, to be fair, they also weren't in pads on Sunday. They didn't get in pads until Monday. I don't know. I, he's a good tackle. I just yeah. – I don't think he's a great tackle. He got um, beat by uh, Epinesa and Basham on the Monday practice. Yeah. I had that in my notes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would like, again, he doesn't, I'm not saying he stinks. He, yeah. he shouldn't be a starter. None of that. I'm just saying, I was, I've, I left camp wanting a little more yeah. from him. And then the other guy, and hopefully this is not going to matter one lick this season at all. But Kyle Allen, I'm telling you right now, like if Josh is, if I'm only, you, you know, you talked about you try to watch 90 guys at once and you got the receivers here and the linebackers here and the quarterbacks are throwing the tight ends here and this and that. When Josh is throwing the football, you don't need to see, you just can see the ball and you know it's Josh throwing the football. Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley, I don't see that much of a difference, man. It's like, I don't, maybe you do and maybe I'm way off base, but I've seen some pretty crappy throws fr from Kyle Allen. I'm, I don't have... Look, again, if Josh goes down, the ship goes down. Just like if Mahomes and Burrow, you know, we that's not just the Bills. Most teams, you lose your quarterback, you're pretty much, for a long stretch, you're in big, big trouble. I'm not confident, even if it's like two to four games, that Kyle Allen is, is going to find a way to get this offense going based on what I'm seeing. Again, maybe I'm wrong, though. No, I think that's fair. I haven't loved what I've seen from Kyle Allen. I, I think when you look at it through the lens of, okay, it's his first year with the team, he's going – with all backups, right? It's it's not a it's not a situation where you're going to see a lot of comfort seven practices into camp, right? Mm -hmm. Where okay, if you had a game plan with him with the starters, you would kind of have a better plan for how to how to utilize him. But I think in the context of what we're getting a chance to see, it's a tough opportunity. Um, but no, I I I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't honestly tell you right now that I've been impressed with Kyle Allen as the backup quarterback out there. Right. <laughs> right. And like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully that's not a situation that we need to be here at an episode of Lockdown Bills talking about Kyle Allen getting ready to play some opponent. Hopefully yeah. hopefully that doesn't happen. Before we get out of here, it's been around for a little bit now to your book. Let's talk about your book, Go Bills. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, by the way, for anybody who's interested yeah. in purchasing this online. This is one of your babies. Talk about it. What inspired you to want to do it? Just the whole process of... Being an author, man. Man, it's so cool. Thank you for the chance to talk about it. Um, I never thought I'd be an author, um, and I was approached by a book publisher to write this book. Yeah, and I thought it was a joke. I got an email, and I'm like, "This is this can't be real." And I kept on reading it. I, I must have read it ten times in a row. I was like, "I think they want me to write a book. I think this is real." So I wind up having you know conversations, and we got the huh. deal done, and I, I wrote this book. Um, I I still can't believe that it's here and it's real. Um, it's called Go Bills, and it's literally me telling the story of the Buffalo Bills. And that to have that opportunity is really special to me. Sure. And I think I hope anybody that's familiar with me knows that I love this football team. But having the opportunity to become a student of the football team and learn everything, oh my gosh, it's so fun, right? I think everyone's generally aware of like 1990 and forward, maybe like late 80s and forward. But the 60s and 70s and early 80s, it's it's fascinating. It wasn't always good. 
Yeah. But it's still fascinating history, and it's made me appreciate this organization more because I feel like I just have such a great depth of knowledge, and I share it all right here. I get a chance to tell the story of the team. It's every season. I wrote a uh, synopsis of the season. There's really cool like stats and data. You can look at all the starting lineups. Um, there's breakout stories on the biggest things that happened in franchise right. history. So it's, it's, it's something that I'm really proud of. It's a great coffee table book. Like, of course, all my family members, they know I'm in town. I'm walking into people's houses and it's on the, the coffee table. But like, I'd like to think that that's true, like in non-staged situations where like you would be proud to have this on your coffee table and that at any given moment, you could take it and open it up and you're like, oh, what did happen in 1973? Right. Who were the starters? What was the results? You know, who led the team in, in every statistical category? What were the key additions like? I don't know. I, it's um, something that I'm really, really proud of. Should we're running, be. We're running out of copies. I'm not saying that like to like try to like force a bunch of sales, but I had a conversation last week with the book publisher because we're, you know, maybe got some things in the works. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and he said, look, we're probably going to be out at the current rate by about October. Yeah. And so that would be like within a year, we sold all the copies that we printed. And it's one of these books where like you're hesitant to reprint it because at some point we have to update it, right? Is it's it goes through 2021 or 2022, something like that. Um, and so you don't want to really put a bunch into printing a bunch of new inventory when sure. you know that in five or 10 right, years right. to update it. So get a copy, like, because I'm at the point now where I got to start like thinking about making sure that I save a few yeah uh and just cannot <laughs> cannot believe how well it's sold really proud of it and, and thanks for giving me a chance to talk about well it. I, I honestly and, I, and i'm being serious here one of my favorite highlights of of tonight besides having you on the show and get a chance to hang out and eat here at imperial pizza hang out with your brother some fans who came up specifically to meet you one of them so you were walking in or, or no let me take that back let me walk that back you weren't here yet i was here setting up and, and a guy, I don't know the guy's name, but he came here with his little kid. And he came here, he got here before you did. And he had a copy of your book in his hand. And he goes, when's Joe Marino? Is Joe Marino coming? I said, yeah, he's going to be here in a few minutes. And like literally, he was waiting for the right opportunity to come up to talk to you. But that was, I was like, that's so cool, man. The dude's got your book and he came here to Imperial Pizza because he wanted you, he wanted to chat with you. And he wanted you to, it's got to be, I, I know, I don't have to ask you this because I know who you are as yeah. a person. It's a very gratifying feeling, I'm sure for you man stuff like that is really cool it's cool to watch as yeah, somebody it's, somebody it's who surreal. i consider you my friend it's yeah. cool to see to see that with my yeah. own eyes you know yeah i'm so thankful yeah. i'm so thankful um i i try to be somebody who's just embraces gratitude i think i think the happiest people in the world are the most thankful people and i've i've worked really hard and that's led to a lot of different opportunities and it's never going to be normal to me that this book exists that anybody would want to talk to me that somebody would want me to sign it or take a picture. Like I, nah. I, I relish every opportunity that I have to do it. And I'm so thankful that people include me in their day, you know, I, I, and I ask a lot, I put a podcast out every day and uh, people tell me I listen to every episode and that it's, it means so much to me. And so I, I, I embrace those opportunities to get to meet people that listen to my stuff that have, purchase books and i'm just thankful your podcast has always been for for a couple of years i was been really popular but i i feel like what helped it grow even more was youtube you taking advantage yeah. of youtube because what it did is you know some people might listen to you on audio every day but you know they don't they don't always have a face to, to put to it and now you're on youtube five days a week your face is plastered on youtube now people are able to put a face to it 
yeah. I'm coughing up here as I'm talking to you. But anyway, yeah. I think that that's meant a lot. You've grown yeah. strategically, and I, and I noticed it too. You know, yeah. your YouTube channel, Lockdown Bills, it has yeah. grown a lot, man. One hey, you have to do it. If you want to, if you want to be a podcaster, you have to you do gotta it. Have both. You, you got to do both. it. One last question, then I promise you we're done. Because this has to do with your show. One of the things that, that I admire about you and your show, too, is you are a Buffalo Bills fan. You don't try to hide that you're a Buffalo Bills fan. I think there's too many people out there who are Bills fans who try to hide and try to front and, and talk like they're not Bills fans. But, 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 and this is important. You're not afraid to be critically, uh, objectively critical to this team when it's warranted. Because I'm going to tell you, somebody who doesn't just, you know, have guys out who talk Bills, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there's nothing more that annoys me than when, you know, Khalil Shakir drops four passes in practice, and, and you don't want to talk about it because it's something bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have that ability to be objectively critical of this team, but you're still a fan, and you don't try to hide from that like some others do. Yeah, I feel a sense of duty to be intellectually honest. Sure. Right? I, I, I pride myself in that, and I think one thing that really helpful to me in being able to be objective is that I am a Bills guy, and I, I'm not hiding that. I also do the entire NFL, right? I have another national podcast that's locked on. <laughs> We're talking about half your career on this podcast. Know, that's crazy. So I know. That, I'm so dialed into the entire NFL, and I have been for so long, that the foundation of knowledge that I have to know what should be happening mm -hmm. is, is pretty clear for me. And if I'm going to do my job the way that I want to, I have to be honest, and and I appreciate you you recognizing that because fan goggles can be thick and they can be blinding and they can skew what you're seeing. Yeah, but you've got to be objective and you've got to be intellectually honest if you're going to be. I don't know if that's the kind of podcast I want to be. Yeah, and I and I think people more than anything else respect you for that. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, one more time, thank you very much, Imperial Pizza here in South Buffalo. Good pizza, good wings, good vibes. Good time. Thank you, everybody who came out here to see my guest, Joe Marino. I don't. Why do I got to tell people to follow you? Everybody already does follow you. Follow Pat Marino. No, yeah, follow me. Don't follow Joe. And stop asking him to get photographs. Talking Buffalo yeah. podcast, free and available on YouTube. Subscribe to it. Make sure you rate Pat. He's the man. He's uh, you, you're a glue guy for this community. You really are. I, I do. I appreciate that. I just I I, I love talking to, to interesting people who cover sports, and you're certainly uh right there near the top. So thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your trip here. Have a couple more wing spots and uh, <laughs> talk to you guys soon. Take care. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.